The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us on Podcast One. You're listening to Sean Ryan and Brad. Brad, what is going on, buddy? Howdy ho, Sean. Good to talk to you. Howdy ho. What is that? A uh, what is it, Mr. Hanky from the South yeah. Park? Yeah. There you go, man. Pulling that from what 1999 ish. Yeah, something. right. Long time. Can you believe that's like probably like 20 years old. I don't know if that episode is. It's about that, right? No, that was one of their first ones, so it it might be about 20. Yeah, it's got to be over then because I remember watching that as uh, as a sophomore back in the day. So yeah, me too. So you know what? Good. I think like a fine wine. I think that show has actually gotten better with age. Uh, now that I they've got. They don't have anybody trying to censor them anymore, and they just get really social and weird with it. I love it, man. Yeah, they're also able to to create episodes on the fly, you know. So so they do a lot of relevant stuff with what's going on, which is fun. Yeah, I remember you probably saw it, but when they did that documentary about how they create the episodes, um, once again we're talking about South Park. Um, if it wasn't obvious, I don't. I think we just went right into it, but um, they they like write and record and animate everything all in one week it's crazy um, yeah, it is crazy it's cool like that right i saw that yeah man it was uh genius it, it is genius but it's got to be very stressful for them but they only have to do it like 13 times a year so it's not right so right so. yeah Anyway, uh, so today I, I, uh, there's a scheduling conflict, so we're not going to have the baseball llama on this week uh, talking about the um, – I think we are going to go to the NL East. Um, there's Here's a teaser for next week. We are going to be talking about the Harper signing, uh, but we're going to delay all of the fantasy baseball analysis. I'm sorry, everybody, but uh, we'll, we'll make sure we have Eric on next week to talk about it. Uh, but, Brad, let me ask you this. I mean, I know, uh, you know football is your passion. You like NBA as well, but if you were a 26-year-old – would you want to be in Philadelphia or would you want to be in L.A.? Uh, L.A. Yeah. It, it, to me, I, I just thought it was weird. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not Bryce Harper, so I'm not going to, you know, um, begrudge him or anything like that. He made the decision that he thought was uh, the best for him. But I thought it was weird that he signed a 13-year contract when he could have signed like a five- or six-year contract and still gotten another big contract in his prime. Um, and I thought it was weird that the Dodgers, who are basically a, a ready-made World Series contender, um, he, he ended up going with Philadelphia for a long contract, um, got 330 mil, but he was going to get over 300 mil anyway, so he could have done that, plus gotten probably a little bit more sponsorship opportunity in L.A. I just thought it was a weird, a weird move. It's not one that I would have made, but hey, it's, you know, I also don't have that talent, so I, I'm not the one that makes a decision. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and you know, things are, <clears throat> they're never you know, one-sided or they don't have an, have, sorry, they don't happen in a vacuum, right? So it's probably right. multi-layered. Maybe he doesn't like his teammates. Maybe he's trying to escape some woman that's bothering him over there. You never know what goes into it. <laughs> sure. That's what I'm assuming. Sure. Anyway, um, so Brad and I, we're going to, we're going to continue our, uh, NFs or our NFL reviews, but we're going to continue with the division that is near and here to Brad, the Green Bay apologist. Well, I shouldn't say you're a Green Bay apologist because you're not, you hate Green Bay. It's like yeah, you love them. Crazy. Yeah, it's like they're like your mom. You know, it's like you you love them, you love them to death. You know, they 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 have a piece of your soul. Um, but you know, you, you go over there and they turn the thermostat up to like ninety eight degrees. <laughs> when you know, sometimes they just, they just bug the crap off. out of you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so that's Green Bay for Brad this past year. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about 2018 again for everybody that's that's interested and, and just starred for NFL content. We're just going to be talking about how how the NFL uh, season played out last year. Believe me, we are going to get into free agency. Uh, we are going to get into the NFL draft. We're going to do all that stuff. We are going to do the same eight episode division um, you know, by division preview that we did last year that was really popular where we give you kind of the gambling and the uh, and the primers. But Brad, let's just dig into it. We'll go alphabetical let's start with the team that both of us picked to be um, a distant last in the division the Chicago Bears ended Mm -hmm. up winning the damn thing Um, really big surprise I'll just start with saying this is like you know I had my doubts about Trubisky um, coming into the season the Bears hired Nagy I had my my doubts about him too but the formula that um, everybody saw two years ago with the Rams hiring McVay, it was obvious that they were trying to get that same magic going. And maybe, I guess, the Eagles um, hiring Peterson as well. They're trying to get that same magic going, bring over Nagy from uh, from Andy Reid in, in Kansas City, see if they can light a fire underneath Trubisky. And uh, I got to say, it worked, man. What do you think? Well, I mean, when we picked them to be last, had they gotten Khalil Mack yet? Because I don't that remember. That is true. They had not. They had not gotten him yet. Okay, I'm not trying to let us off the hook, but I'd like to think that that completely changed the scope of that franchise. Um, the guy seems to be not only the, the best player on the team, but a leader. And uh, I don't know, maybe it lit a fire under everybody. Also, Nagy did an incredible job with um, Trubisky kind of making it a little bit simpler for him, if that's the correct way to put it. Um, I, you know, I don't think the strategy is going to take them very far. I, I actually don't see them winning the North again, but, um, he did a good job coaching. I got to give him that. Now, hey man, I think he did a great job. There, there's a couple things that kind of really screwed with the bears. Um, well, maybe not even a couple things. Let me just say this. Um, you know, their, uh, let's say loyalty to, uh, Cody Parkey when he was clearly struggling earlier in the year, uh-huh. um, you know, the double doink in the playoffs, like they should have won that game. Um, yeah. And that was a team, by the way, uh, you know, we, we kind of called that. We had a pretty good bread, both of you and me. We had a really good um, divisional round um, um, call to the play or wild card round uh, in the playoffs. We kind of called that that was going to happen. You had Philadelphia. It was Philly, right, that beat them? It was, yeah. Yeah, Foles magic. Great game. Philly coming in off the Super Bowl. They're kind of the the vetted playoff team versus uh, Chicago, the young team. I kind of thought they were going to come out and struggle, similar to how the Rams did uh, two years ago in their first playoff action. Um, you know, the, the, the Bears really should have won that game. I thought they played better. Um, although if you look at the stat line and everything, Philadelphia did better on third down, which is a big, you know, a big thing. And that's, I think that's what you get, man. When the pressure is ratcheted up, you know, teams that execute when you need to execute tend to win in the playoffs. And that's why the Patriots have been so good for so stinking long because they're, you know, pretty calm in those situations. But, you know, back to Trubisky, um, when I look at head coaching hirings, and we'll talk about this a little bit with Detroit coming up. Um, so, uh, you know, Nagy coming in and, and, uh, the, the Lions, uh, picking up Patricia from new England, uh, previous, prior to last year, I always look at it as, okay, well, you know, how good is the opposite side of the ball? Right. So right. the bears defense, and we said this in the preview, you can go back and listen to the tape. It's our first ever episode. We did it at the NFC North. I said, look, the bears had a good defense, the John Fox like system, like John Fox had a good system, and they had Vic Fangio, and they were keeping him. And he's now the the head coach in Denver. That's going to be an impact to the 2019 season. We'll get into all that. But um, I thought that this this offense, um, if they could just get an extra like four to six points per game on average, 
then they're going to be a dangerous team. And I made that point. Now, now, neither one of us said that they were going to do that because I did have my doubts. But that was the logic, right? Is I, did, I thought their defense would be just as good as they were in 2017. And that was before they got Mac. Um, then, you know, if they could just get Trubisky to, to in, increase his um, efficiency, so basically if Matt Nagy, the guy that they hired, could do his job, then they're going to be an interesting team. Um, but either way, I mean, they certainly exceeded my expectations. And Trubisky, man, I'm looking at his stats. So he was 66% um, as a passer last year, 3,200 yards, which isn't in today's NFL isn't like the league on fire, but it's not bad either. Uh, 24 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Again, you probably want it in today's NFL. You want those numbers a little bit better than the two to one, but definitely improvement um, over two years ago. You know, he did he did pretty damn good job. Um, well, let's just say this real quick. I mean, two years ago he was pretty terrible, right? So, I mean, there was there was nothing that could lead us to believe that he was going to be anything but that because we hadn't seen it. And I think what he managed to do this year was move himself up to kind of that Alex Smith stratosphere where he's, you know, he's, he's playing pretty decent. He's not winning any of these games, but he's not losing them either. So he did make an improvement. So the question is, is, is he going to move up to the next rank? Who knows? But yes, he did get a little bit better. Yeah, and I'll say this. So just to, to again, to go back to that Jared Goff and, and McVay kind of model, um, you know, Goff last year, I think, was probably a little bit better. I'm saying 2017, not 2018. At the 2017, his first year with McVay, he did a little bit better. I would say he was a little better than, than the Alex Smith stratosphere because, he, you know, he could put the team on his back and win some games in the regular season. I still Correct. have not seen Alex Correct. Smith do that. Um, to right. your point, I agree with you. I think that's a great comparison. Is he, I think Trubisky is like that Alex Smith level. And that's, you know, some people listening to this might think that's a knock. But look, man, Alex Smith wins games. He gets teams right. to the playoffs, right? Right. And that's what Trubisky did. And when you have a defense like that, that's I'm not going to say that's all you need, but it will be good enough to get you into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he was 11-3 and three as a starter in his 14 games um, in the regular season. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It'll get you the playoffs. That is, that is good, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, and, um, and, and again, similar to Goff in 2017. So you wonder, and now Goff took a little bit more of a leap forward this year. Um, you know, he got to the Super Bowl. He probably shouldn't have based on that Saints game. But, look, he got there. You know, history yeah. is history. Um, and he had the he had the kind of Super Bowl Brad that I think both you and me uh, predicted, um, which is to say he he needs to take another step to put his team on the back. And you know, golf is going to get that big extension like in the next year or so. And uh, you know, if if he if if the Rams are going to win a Super Bowl, they better do it in the next two to three years, or golf better ascend even more. I'll, I'll yeah, just say that. Right. And right. Trubisky, you know, you're still in that nice window. He's just uh, had his second year, so you still you have him under contract. He's a first, so another two years before you have to give him an extension or at least extend him to the bigger money. Um, so the Bears are in a championship window. I'm I'm really concerned about Fangio leaving and then replacing him with the uh, the old coach coach Pagano. Um, <laughs> You know, Pagano is a good defensive coach and everything. Um, you know, he's he's been successful, but man, like it's just different. You know, it's just different when you take take a, like a defensive coordinator monster like that out of the equation. So I'm a little worried about that. But again, we'll dive into that later in the year. Um, the one thing that was interesting to me about this team, outside of that defense, which is just awesome all year long, is the running back. Like mm. I, from a fantasy point of view, I was dead red on uh, Jordan Howard. I thought that. You know, I was telling people that picked up the book to to draft him because he slipped into the third round, 
And I thought, man, if you get Jordan Howard, and I did in my league, by the way, if you get Jordan Howard in the third round, you're sitting pretty damn well. Because I thought that coming from Kansas City, Nagy was going to install a system where the running backs were going to be uh, very successful because they just keep cranking them out in Kansas City. I mean, we saw it with Kareem Hunt going to uh, Williams late in the season this year in Kansas City. I thought the same would be true in Chicago, and I think it was. But Tarek Cohen, the little guy, man, he's the one who really was the electrifying player. And Jordan Howard was, was almost like forgotten. Yeah, Cohen. Cohen really got after one, man. He he had a great season. Yeah, and he's uh, he's one of your favorite um, running backs that catches a lot of passes. I know how you, how much you love. Oh, that. I love that. That's my favorite. Point catch and rebound. Love it. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, the stats here. So Howard did get the lion's share of the carries, 250 carries, 935 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. To me, that means he's going to be replaced this year. If your primary ball handler in a system that can create space for running backs is getting you 3.7 yards a clip. Uh, that's that's not going to get it done, man. Um, I'm looking at Tara Cohen uh, on his 99 attempts from scrimmage. He averaged four and a half yards uh, per uh, per attempt. But I'm looking at his uh, receiving stats where he was really the most deadly. And he was 71 uh, receptions on 90 targets, which is a crazy percentage, 725 yards, five touchdowns. And then, uh, you know, he, had, he was electric in, you know, in some of the return games too. Uh, you know, I don't mind, Brad, you know, the, the pass catching running back. I know you kind of went on a little bit of a rant. I guess I don't mind it as much if it's designed to be a pass catching running back. Like you remember Brian Westbrook for the Eagles back in the day? I do. I do. Yeah, you're right. And that was that was a different kind of story. I, I absolutely agree. And I think that's kind of how Cohen's being used. I mean, they do kind of like, you know, they don't they don't pop him out. Um, you know, he's not like an outlet all times. I think they designed pass plays to him. And I don't, I, you know, is it fair to say that you don't have as much problem with that if it's a design play in a formation? It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move it on now. Do you have anything to, uh, before we wrap up on the Bears there? No, nah, I'm done with them. You're done with them. Man, they were, hey, man, congrats to Bears. Bears fans listening into this, man. They were a rowdy team last year. I have I have my uh, my concerns um, with the defense, but you know, Pagano's, hey, man, he's qualified. So let's see where it goes, and we'll see uh, as we get into the offseason there. Hey, everybody, if you like this show, you are going to love the official Lakers podcast on Podcast One Sportsnet. Join Emmy-winning sportscaster Susie Schuster along with producer Aaron Larsoul this week as the All-Star team faces off against the L.A. Clippers the Denver Nuggets, and the Boston Celtics. Download the official Lakers podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, so the, the Lions now, I was saying, the, again, my theory on head coaches is if you have a, a, a team that's really good on one side of the ball and then you hire the opposite side of the ball, how much improvement do you need? So like I, I think I said you know, the, the Bears, they needed about a four-point-per-game improvement, and they could have been like a, like a winning football team. And that's, I think they did more than that. I think they improved by like seven points a game or something like that. But um, the Lions, the, you know, they could put up points. So my thought was... You know, I have my doubts always, Brad. I say it every time. You know, whenever somebody hires a Patriots uh, coordinator right. to be a head coach, I always have my doubts about that. And I have my doubts coming into the season about Patricia, but I thought, man, if you can just improve Detroit's defense by three points a game, you know, you you should be a, a fighting for a playoff spot. And this team just crumbled, man. They just crumbled. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that, that Patricia. And uh, he just kind of has that air about him, like he just isn't smart enough for the job. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I just look. I think at you've been listening think, too much Colin Coward with his backwards hat and pencil, right? Oh, that's right. He does hate that. But I'm thinking <laughs> this guy should be, you know, fixing my muffler or something. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't get head coach from that guy. I just don't, man. 
and maybe he proves me wrong. I know I don't judge a book by its cover, but yeah, I don't know, man. I I think like it's coastal it's, linebackers. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I don't know how, what to say. He reminds me of my brother-in-law, so it's hard for me to look at him objectively. Is every time I see like my uh, my he ex looks, looks my like ex brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the um, you know, he kind of looks like um, you know, he'd rather crush a beer than uh, and this is us just being completely judgmental, but it looks like he'd rather like crush like a six pack of natty light than than game plan exactly, for exactly, you know exactly. Yeah, and uh, and doesn't Detroit, do it for me. I don't know what it is. Man. Uh, he doesn't do it for me either. Then he had the there was a little you know the the whole thing at the beginning of the season where he was kind of losing the team. I know what he's trying to do. Like it's tough, man. These I think uh, some of this expatriate stuff, the the expatriate coordinators, they come in and they have the blueprint from Bill Belichick, but they don't have the resume of Bill Belichick, right? Like they. Right. You know, coming in there and, you know, trying to, you know, preach discipline to, let's face it, it's a generation that's not super disciplined. And Brad, you and me are both in that generation. We can barely get this podcast out every week. You know, it's, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to like, you know, come in and tell a bunch of like 23, 24 year olds that are, you sure. know, been stars their whole life, hey, you're going to do it my way or you can get the F out and like all that stuff. And that's kind of, not saying that's what Patricia does, but that's kind of the book on the Patriots coordinators. They come in and, the, and they install this program. But Belichick, you know, he had been a head coach prior. Um, in Cleveland and had some success there. And he had come from um, the Parcells tree where they had a lot of success in New York. And I don't think you build that program overnight. Like you, it's not like, Hey, Bill Belichick is now coaching the lions or Bill Belichick is now coaching the the dolphins who, you know, they just hired a, a, a Patriot defensive coordinator. It's hard to do that. I feel like you have to build the trust with the players first, especially in, the, in today's age, and then start to implement some of these, like, you know, workouts you know make them sprint like trying to you know build players up that way i think you have to start mentally and that's why maybe oakland is is having issues right now with gruden yeah it's possible but but let's let's forget about the coaching for a sec i mean does detroit have the talent i mean can we say they have a a whole lot of talent on that team i mean can you name anybody besides matt stafford well, I'm looking at their whole roster right now, so I can name I can name many players. But no, I, I get your point. I get your point. The, the carry on Johnson would be the other one, the rookie that was kind of a standout at running back this year. He kind of popped and flashed, which is nice. Um, I mean, Green Bay plays them twice a year. Played them twice last year. Obviously, I watched both games, and I, I couldn't name anybody besides Matt Stafford. Who's that one wide receiver they had? That guy's gone. I could name that guy. Well, I can't even do that. Golden Tate um, was traded in the middle of the year. Um, who's the other guy? Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying because, like, I, I, Brad, you know, I pour over offensive stats all year long, right? Like, I, if you put me like in a, if I, if I took an NFL SAT, I'd probably, you know, pass it with flying colors and be able to get their, um, you know, the, everybody's skill players down. But the names are escaping. Galladay is a, is another one. Okay. Um, that po- that that it's starting to emerge as a running back. But y- 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 I mean, the point is, you're right, Brad. Nobody immediately jumps out to you. Right. So I mean, what's is the guy working with nothing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's the dangerous. It's the dangerous thing. I can't remember. It's a Fox personality. Is it uh, Nick Wright? Um, yeah, I think it is mm-hmm. Nick Wright. Mm-hmm. He he comes out and he says a lot. You know, the formula for winning a Super Bowl is basically all-time great quarterback or, um, you know, efficient quarterback who's not killing your cap space. Right. And, and they build have the rest of the team. Here. Yeah. And Stafford, to me, you, you and I have always argued, um, like, ab- about these, like, players. Like, Matt Stafford, to me, is like Matt Ryan 
and it is like Andy Dalton and it is like right. Kirk Cousins. And I, I, I have always grouped those three together. Um, right. And, you know, people always like to favor Stafford and Matt Ryan over the other two, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I always say, man, they're the same thing to me. It's like they can put up numbers, they're talented, but do you really want to be paying them, you know, 15% of your overall salary cap space? I don't know, man. I don't know what, what Matt Stafford gets you. He never... I think he gets a lot of money, man, because a couple years ago, didn't he get the the richest contract in history? Yeah, up that yeah, I mean, and he's going to get another extension, and he's going to retire as the all time richest quarterback. And Kirk Cousins might have a temp because of those two salary um, franchise years, and then he got the guaranteed money. If he can, if Kirk Cousins can statistically do well in his last two seasons in Minnesota, he's going to be in line for like another, you know. $25 million a year. And so sure. these guys are going to retire as like, like the all-time richest quarterback. And, and I'm, I'm serious. Like you look at Tom Brady, who's been making $20 million a year. I mean, great. But Stafford's going to be making more than that because Tom Brady's been taking pay cuts. Right. And Aaron Rodgers is the same way. He'd been playing for so long um, you know, under Brett Favre that he had a, like a, a team-friendly rookie contract. So he's not... You know he's going to get like the the highest um, you know salary in his extensions and all that stuff. But over a course of a career, a guy like Matt Stafford on a team that is mediocre and doesn't have a ton of talent around him, like he's all they got, man. And they have to pay him because what are they going to do? Draft somebody and go three and thirteen? Yeah, yeah. You're going to spend all the time uh, trying to get better than that. It's it's it is a weird spot, and I think Nick Wright has a point, man. But that's not the type of guy you you really want, you know. Yeah, I, I have to agree with them. I just do. Yeah, I agree with them too. I mean, it's it's tough, and we're seeing what, and we'll get to Minnesota in the last team here. Um, but we we saw a little bit of a flash of kind of what happened this past season. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll save that. Now, as for Detroit, like I said, you know, I, it seemed like at the end of the year the players were starting to respond a little bit more to Patricia, um, which is good. Uh, but the team overall never competed. I didn't like that they traded Golden Tate away. But, you know, I, I guess if he wasn't buying into the program, I know he's kind of a vocal leader guy. And if he wasn't buying in, it, it makes sense just to cut ties and get rid of him and get something back if you can. But or they were six and ten uh, this coming season. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, I'm on football reference right now and it says their expected win loss is uh, seven and nine. I don't know, man. I, I, I think I think they're a five and eleven team next year. They replaced their offensive coordinator who had been a really pretty decent offensive coordinator for a while. Um you know, I think this is a franchise, unfortunately, on their way down. And you see Chicago, I don't think, I think they're going to slip a little bit, but not as far. Minnesota, I think, is still going to be a good team. Um, and uh, Green Bay, uh, well, why don't we just talk about them for a little bit? Green Bay, um, di- disappointing year. Mike McCarthy got canned in the middle of the season, which I was surprised by. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers got dinged up again that first game of the season. Um, yeah, their season kind of got derailed there. Uh Joe Philbin's back. That's nice as an offensive, uh, you know. I, well, I'm sorry. I, I think they might have gotten rid of him with the hiring of Matt LaFleur. But he came back um, as an offensive coordinator. I was excited. Um, but, yeah, man, just didn't really work out for them. Six, nine, and one. Yeah, and, um, you know, they they played really well against the Rams. I don't know if you remember that. It must have been week seven or eight or something like that. And it was like they were a 500 team, and they – they weren't playing terribly, and then what's his name there fumbles the ball on the kick return, and then uh, <laughs> that piece of crap. What's that guy's name? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I completely forget his name. Fumble I'm brain McFumbles. dead today. Fumble McFumbler, and uh, <laughs> and th- this season kind of got away from after that. I don't know. It was like this pivotal moment where it just kind of. <laughs> 
went off the rails. Where your whole where your whole year just ended, and you decided just to drink from then on. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Rogers was off, man. Rogers wasn't feeling it. It's it's like they they weren't gelling. Um, I'm not saying he he wasn't to blame. He probably was to blame for a lot of it. Uh, McCarthy, etc. It was a rough one, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, this new guy, you know, hopefully they can gel together. Yeah, um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, and I'm looking at his stat line now: 25 touchdowns to two interceptions. I mean, he's still he still takes care of the ball. That's really nice. But you're right. I mean, 62.3 percent completion. Um, 4,400 yards. It just doesn't, I mean, these are nice numbers, but it just didn't feel like Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. And he also led the league in throwaways by like, I think more than double. The next guy was, had, had half or a little under half what he had. (laughs) So it was almost like he was being snarky or something, you know? I remember early in the, uh, early or maybe middle of the season, um, around the time, I think it was just before McCarthy got fired. You kind of went on, on a little bit of a rant then saying, you know, it just doesn't seem like the receivers are ever open. It doesn't seem like the scheme is getting receivers open like it used to. And I want to ask about that. Like, do you think it's a combination or like um, a one or the other or a combination of maybe the the receivers are getting a little bit older and slower, like Cobb, you know, is your number two receiver going into the season. Yeah, Geronimo Allison and his famous Twitter account, um, you know, coming into the season. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Drip uh, drop, Geronimo Allison. <laughs> you know, it was like, um, I don't know, man. Ten years ago, Rodgers was, was the best we'd ever seen because he would throw guys open. But now the teams that are succeeding are the ones that scheme guys open. You know, like I, I just don't ever see Tom Brady throwing anybody open. He's always throw, throwing open to some small white guy seven yards in front of him, and this guy <laughs> takes off for another 20. It's like it, it, I don't understand it. Uh, you know, it's it just nobody is ever open, man. Patriots tapping into the lollipop guilt for their uh... – Jesus, no kidding. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, man, you're right. And I, I think back then, uh, months ago when we were talking, I made the point that uh, – that like Shanahan, the Shanahan system schemes guys open. Uh, the McVeigh McVay is a little bit of a derivative of that system. I mean, he spent time in a few different offenses um, at his time with Washington. But McVeigh gets guys open. Uh, you know, you, you know when a guy's going to be open. Um, yeah, Green Bay, I'm with you, man. It's like, you know, the, I felt like getting rid of – my theory on Green Bay is getting rid of Jordy Nelson really mm. hurt that team because, mm. I mean – he and Aaron Rodgers on that back shoulder got so right. many first downs when they shouldn't have gotten first downs and touchdowns when they shouldn't have gotten touchdowns. And that back shoulder, it was impossible for people to defend. And so, yeah, yeah Jordy Nelson's getting older and all that stuff. But the chemistry he had with Aaron Rodgers, I, I think that was a bad move, getting rid of him. And, you know, you think about it. I mean, five, five third downs, that would be first downs in a game. You know, that right, that can make right. all the difference in a game. And, you know, For these sure. games that they lost, 6-9-1, and one, like you said, I mean, they, were, they weren't playing that bad, and then the, the wheels just kind of came off, and then they fired McCarthy, who, by the way, did you see his, his drama with, uh, like, he was shouting at an official at, like, a high school basketball, like a girls' high school basketball? No, game. I didn't see that. <laughs> Go watch the, there's a grainy, like, Zipperuder film video of uh, McCarthy kind of coming down the stairs and, and going after an official as they're walking off the basketball court. It's good. He's he's oh, really great. he's really assimilating into life as a as a over the top father. You know, he he's got yeah. all this he's got all this NFL head coach aggression just built up and he's gotta let it out. And uh and you know some uh 
<laughs> some poor basketball official is making like $25 a game. Uh, got the brunt of the McCarthy, the McCarthy's He's probably fire. in the bottle like the rest of us. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Coping. Yeah, so this team, I did like that they kept Matt, uh, Mike, uh, Matt, Mike, whatever, Petten, uh, Coach Petten to run the defense. I like the defense. Um, it, it's going to take a couple years for them to get there. Um, Guy Lafleur, what is his name? Mike Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, whatever the some guy. Some Frenchy, I don't know. Some French Canadian, some goalie is going to be coming in there, right. drawing X's. They're all going to be playing on skates next year. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, 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 I think it's good. He comes from the McVeigh system. Um, the system works. Uh, I, who knows if the guy can be a head coach? But you know, it was time for Rogers to get some new blood as a head coach, though. I mean, that that relationship kind of ran its course. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of liken this to when Brett Favre was going. I think it was from Shermer to McCarthy, um, Sherman, I should say, to McCarthy. Maybe yeah. there was another head coach in there, but when McCarthy took over, Favre was kind of average and then he got some new blood some new opinion maybe a little bit more discipline and yeah. he and he started playing and they went on another run there and yeah, maybe right. this could be that run for Aaron Rodgers um, this year but uh, stay tuned for the 2019 previews when we get there all right Brad so let's bring it over to your uh, I think your favorite quarterback and uh, mm. in the NFL Kirk Cousins uh, wearing purple looks great in purple his uh, really brings out his eyes and uh, and his 27 mil a year or whatever it is. But uh, thoughts on Minnesota from last season? Well, let's just take one note on Kirk Cousins and how did he play in the biggest game of the year? <laughs> that was my hey man. Like right? I, so, I'm with you, with you 100 percent on that. What I said um, because again, it, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a Redskins fan anymore, but I still watch all the games. So it's like you know, it's that relationship you can't get rid of. Like yeah. I'm tied to them forever. Um, they are a parasite. Uh, in my body, I can't get rid of them. But so I do watch them, and I watch Kirk Cousins. I'm, you know, I've dialed in. I know how he is a, as a quarterback. He is a player that plays really well when it's not a nationally televised game, and when the lights are on, doesn't play so well. When the games are big, you know, he just yeah. has a problem showing up. But you know, when they're not nationally televised, he usually does pretty well, and he can you know get you into playoff position, you know, yep, to, to be right. fighting for it. And that's what he is, like a Matt Stafford, like an Andy Dalton, you know, those kinds of guys. But yeah, to your your, um, question, Brad, not well. I just don't, I can't stand the guy because he he wants to get paid like he's the guy and he's not the guy. You know, I I don't, I hear you. And and, and I think you're kind of speaking the opinion of, of, you know, football fans everywhere. But like, I look at it a different way. Um, It's like, you know, if I, you know, let's just say I I work in marketing and sales and, and maybe I'm a little above average. And if, let's just say, I don't know, Google comes and they say, "Hey, Sean Ryan, you know what? We want you. We want you to be our our head of sales, <laughs> and we're gonna mm-hmm. give you, you know, thirty million dollars a year. You're, you're gonna be a big boy now. You're gonna. I'll say, okay. <laughs> Who cares if I can't sell on national TV? I'm gonna take that money. You know. So like, I, I get it, and it makes them easy to like, you know, really hate. But I think there's a jealousy in there. It's just like he's not producing and he's getting this. I cannot produce and get that. Mm. Um, so like, I, you know, I can't hurt him. I, I wouldn't turn down the money, but I think Brad, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about football is there's one guy who does kind of turn down big money year after year to win and it's Tom Brady. And it's, it's hard yes, to, it it, it's hard to argue against now. He's probably the only guy in sports that does that. I think LeBron James did that when he went to Atlanta or not Atlanta, Miami, um, all those years ago, you know, some of these guys took a little less money to make it work. Um, but, uh, yeah, Cousins is not one of those guys. <laughs> no, no. And I should be happy that he's on uh, on Minnesota. 
you know. Yeah, but they, they, they do have a good roster, don't they? Man, that, that's the thing. It, it, again, you know, you you look at. Well, let me say this. I, I think I can't remember if I said this because we're kind of you know rehashing some of the stuff that we said when the Cousins signing went down. Um, we were doing the preview. Is like Cousins. I was convinced that like the the Vikings would be like a like a twelve and four and eleven and five team because I thought Cousins would be an upgrade over uh, like Case Keenum. Now, you know, an upgrade worthy of an extra fifteen mil. I, you know, no, I wouldn't make that argument. But I thought he was an upgrade. But damn it, I, I think I think they got worse. I think they got worse, man. And I'm looking yeah. cousins. Like, let me just ask you: if you, if you had to guess cousins' stat line, give me just off the top of your head, just a guess. If you give me completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, what would you guess on that stat line for him? Okay, I like this game. I bet he threw for four thousand yards and mm-hmm. uh, and sixty seven percent completion. Uh, touchdown to INT. I bet it was twenty five and eight. See, you actually got the proportions really close there, right? And that's the enigma of Kirk Cousins. Is you look at his right. stat line, right? His percentage. Um, you're right. His percentage uh, was actually a little bit better. He he completed seventy point one percent of his passes. Pretty good. He completed uh, our uh, his yardage was forty two ninety eight, so over four thousand, like you said. He mm-hmm. threw for more touchdowns, but the touchdown interceptions about the same. He threw for thirty touchdowns and ten interceptions, as opposed to twenty five and eight. Okay, well, you know, so he's got that that Matt Stafford deal where he he can have all the stats in the world, but there's there's nothing significant that comes from it. Yeah, I'll say this, um, devil's advocate, right? Now, this isn't how I feel, but this is the apologist, the Kirk Cousins, maybe the Minnesota diehard fan apologist. Is DeFilippo had some issues at offensive coordinator? Um, you know, Dalvin Cook was coming off a uh, knee reconstruction, so he's like kind of their electric running back. Um, you know, he came in and he only played in 11 of the, uh, the 16 games, Dalvin Cook, uh, Latavius Murray played in 16 games, only started six, the six that, uh, Dalvin Cook didn't, uh, it, it just never seemed like they got a running game going. It's like once they got cousins, it, I feel like they mentally, that offense just was like, oh, well now we have cousins and we're a throwing mm-hmm. team. And that's mm-hmm. not, I mean, I don't even think that's what, how Cousins was in Washington. Like, the, I think that's a fair point, Sean. Yeah, and, and like Washington has had, like famously, they ha- they've had some problems, um, you know, getting consistent good running play, you know, prior to the 2018 season when Adrian Peterson did pretty well. But the one thing that Jay Gruden does in Washington is even if they aren't really getting a lot of yards per carry, they will commit to the run mm. because committing to the run will give you, you know, that unpredictability factor. Um and I'm looking at this team. So Latavius Murray, um, 4.1 yards per carry, 140 attempts, 578 yards. Had some pretty damn good games when Dalvin Cook was out. Dalvin Cook, mm. meanwhile, 133 attempts, um, 4.6 yards per carry. But then you look at the receiving. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 40 catches for 49 uh, targets, which is a really nice percentage of receptions. And Latavius Murray was 22 and 26. So they're throwing the ball a lot more. Then you got these monsters on the outside, Stephon Diggs, and you got um, um, who's a Adam Thielen, White Two chocolate. great players. Two great players. Like they have the roster. Their offensive line is good, but it just to me, they just weren't con- like committing to the run. So once they axed um, De Filippo and replaced him, like towards the end of the season. The team was running and they were doing well, but by then they had, you know, they had already kind of had the damage done to them by their schedule. Let me go see. Let me f- see if I can find their win loss. Um, I know I can find their record somewhere. See what their schedule breakdown was. So they started six six and one, 
Then they went. Um, they won against Miami. They won against Detroit, but they couldn't bring it home against Chicago. Again, biggest game of the year. They couldn't bring it home. Right. Um, Twenty-four to ten, they lost that game. Uh, you know, I I feel like there is some light there because Cousins, look, he is efficient. He's not going to win you a playoff game because it's going to be nationally televised. So let me just set those expectations. Um, he's not going to win you a nationally televised game at the end of the year. So the the Vikings have to basically clinch the playoffs by like week let's say 14 or 15, so that they don't get a nationally televised game, you know, on <laughs> Sunday night football to close the year. Um, but I think I think this is, you know, an early prediction, but I think Minnesota is probably going to win this division next year because I think Chicago takes a mini step back. And I think with a new offensive uh, coordinator that hopefully commits to the run, I do think that they have the talent to get there. And the defense should be good. They had some injuries and some issues on that defense. Th- those, I think that defense will be buttoned up next year as well and be similar to that 2017 defense that was you know, almost as, if not just as dominant as right. uh, the Jaguars were in 2017. Any thoughts on the Vikings, man? Um, I loathe the Vikings. I think they're going to be good, dude. I really do. I, I always see them as but, a threat. But you're not worried about them in the playoffs, right? No, not at like all. Like if, if think, Green Bay, if Green Bay was playing Minnesota in the playoffs, like if that happens, would you be concerned? Uh, yeah, I'd be concerned, man. It, 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 it's hard to explain for me. I'd just be concerned that we lose to them because that would drive me nuts. But uh, <laughs> so on a personal level. <laughs> yeah, on a personal level, look, Kirk Cousins, you're going against him, especially in Minnesota. I mean, there's a chance you don't win that game. You know, that's sure. not easy. But um, you'd almost rather play them on a, in a much bigger game than on a Sunday afternoon at one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. All right, man. Well, I think we can close it out there. Um, I, well, quickly before we do, probably should have led the show with this, man. Antonio Brown, any any thoughts on that? Did you see his bleached mustache? Yeah, what a jackass. Oh that guy's making himself look like an idiot. I don't know, but I saw that the Redskins have now blipped up as a possible trade destination. made me laugh. I, like that, saw, I saw that as well. <laughs> that, I was like, that's a, that is a Washington move right there. Get a hey, guy. That being said, I'd love Green Bay to take him. <laughs> I really would. Well, it depends man. on the compensation. It depends on the compensation. At this point, with all his kind of spouting off and his, you know, his, his short, you know, he's, he's going to want the, a big value extension. Yeah, but, I, but let me let me make this point. Right. He's for a while, Tio was good enough to put up with all his crap, right? And right now, Antonio Brown is good enough to put up with, right? But maybe two years from now, he's not. That's all I'm saying. That runs out as long. But as long as you can produce, you know, and you show up, I think he's worth it. I'm with you, but with the caveat that you're going to have to trade something to get him, and you're going to have to extend him. So what is the compensation? Would you give, you know, if it's a second round, at this point with all the stuff and the press, if it's a second round pick, I'm not buying on that. Mm. Not not with the, the contract stuff looming down. Now, if he'll play on his current contract, then we can talk. Um, I think it's got to be San Francisco for him, but you know, I think it's a good fit for him. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is, but I'm sure, you know, that storyline is going to continue. So, um, you know, I don't want to, I guess it's good that we didn't lead our show because we can lead our show next week when he does something else. that's weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that mustache was bizarre, man. Like he's I think this time he's going to like shave half of his face. <laughs> I know. He's going to be like two-faced. He's going to he's going to have the smooth side and the hairy side with the blonde yeah. mustache. And he uh, I actually did that the other day just for fun. That's how much I have going on in my life. <laughs> I did that just to see what it would look like. I mean, I didn't walk around with it or anything, but I just thought it was kind of funny for 10 seconds and then I cried. Um, but what was I going to say? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Let's talk more about your misery. 
<laughs> Let's talk. Makes me feel better, as you know, as, as, I, as I, you know, say waste away in Chicago land. I just think that a part of getting older is everything becomes far more annoying than it used to be. That's the reality of life, my friend. Yeah, but you know what? I think it gets funnier because then you vent to your friends and everybody, you know, you get going and your friends laugh about it. It that's is part of getting point. older. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I can't wait. I can't wait until I'm like at cardigan age, you know, where like where your your pants are too loose, you're 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 belting, you're like belting everything up to your rib cage. And then, right. uh, and, you and then you're wearing the cardigan. Wings, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you got. And I'm never gonna shave. Like I'm gonna have. By the time I'm like 96, I'm gonna have like you know a beard that's basically down to my knees. I'm gonna well, be like ZZ top. Beard, my friend. You can do a good one. Well, it's good. I mean, I, it's nice that I have hair on my face because I don't have it anywhere else. Yeah, but you know what? But maybe by cardigan time, they'll they'll have a cure for that. Yeah, I know they have a cure for it now, but it involves slicing a a chunk of skin off your face. That's <laughs> not right. off your face, off the uh, off the back of your head, and splicing oh my a back. God. It's uh. the uh, the McConaughey surgery. It, did, did he have that? Oh man, yeah. Look at the look at look at McConaughey in like the nineties. He definitely now. I don't know if what what he's gotten done, but I tell you what, whatever he had done is fantastic. Uh huh. It's good work, man. Good for him. Um, but I think that's why he. Sli- this is just my theory. I think that's why he slicks his hair back a lot, and maybe he has like a little you know bald piece, like uh, Ted Danson had that back in the day. You know, you know I'm Ted Danson. If Ted Danson can wear a hairpiece, I can wear a hairpiece. What do you think? You're Ted Danson? <laughs> Ted Danson gets X amount of dollars. What was it? How many epi- how many dollars did he make an episode in that? Yeah, I forget the number. Twenty thousand an episode. Who who are you? <laughs> he said, No, you that's what you said. You said we're Ted Danson. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld, man, it is so good. Sorry, I like that dancing salad. <laughs> I got a man. I got a. I, 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 have you watched that um, Curb Your Enthusiasm season yet? Where they've done the, done the. Uh, they did that did, little. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did uh, watch that. The yeah, eye toilet. Costanza in the eye eye toilet. It was great, man. Oh man, I wish yeah. they could just bring it back for a year. I know they'll never will, but it would just be so cool. Yeah, I feel you. Oh man, that, that's the problem with uh, with uh, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld just getting so much money for that show. Is there's never yeah. any financial motive to do it. It's like they yeah, don't, they, yeah, and they don't want to compromise their artistic integrity. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's show. A well, you know what? We should do we should do a show that is all about Seinfeld, where we just watch an episode a week and just review the episode. Yep, that's got to be popular. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, let's do that. It'll be let's fun. Let's do it. All right. We can barely get this done, so maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good point. And we're a sponsorship here. I don't want to fight that battle again with another one. Good call. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, everybody, uh, thanks for uh, you know uh, indulging Brad and me to, to talk about, um, I guess, hair and Seinfeld at the end there. Uh, we'll be back next week. I guess we're probably going to be on to the AFC South. Um a really competitive division, but also kind of uninteresting at the same time. Uh, but we'll get through it. We'll take a pill and we'll get through it. No offense to a- AFC South fans. It, it really is good football. It's just, you know, for some reason I have a mental block with that division. Yeah, um, it's terrible. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we will have Baseball Llama on to talk about the um, no, the National League East and, uh, and talk a little Bryce Harper and, and everything going there. So, everybody, hey, a great week. Uh, fun conversation, Brad. Uh, everybody out there, go out, get paid.